Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Hi, everybody. I hope you're all having a great week so far and that maybe you've even been implementing one or two strategies from the past episodes uh, that are moving you closer and closer to your goals and dreams in life, whether that's with your weight, uh, your relationship with food, your relationship with yourself, or any other goal you kind of have set for yourself in your life. In this episode, we're going to talk about if you are overeating or if you have a binging behavior around food, if it's coming from unresolved psychological experiences, or is it at this point just a habit? So we're going to discuss how to figure out where your specific behavior is coming from and how to approach the behavior to get to freedom from the behavior. So we're going to talk about how you can kind of start to understand yourself and where, you know, if you have some problematic uh, eating behavior, how to start to, well, if you know where that's coming from, then what strategies to apply to start to shift the behavior and to gain freedom uh, from that binging behavior, from that overeating behavior. So I've been working in this space, this, um, you know, health coaching, but obviously also the therapy realm for a long time. And I've really learned to recognize that many of us overeat from a space of what I'm going to call unresolved psychological patterns. So most clients come to me uh, with a past history of anxiousness or depressive feelings or moods. And between the two of us and working together, we can quickly come to a space of how the overeating behavior began in a way um, that usually has to do with soothing uncomfortable emotions. So, you know, this can, for, for clients who I see, it can range from clients who have experienced what I will call a heavy trauma episode, like, you know, something very heavily traumatic that typically would involve them being violated in some way, their physical body, um, and or them witnessing something very traumatic um, to someone they love. Um, you know, if you experience a natural disaster, that can be one of those very heavy trauma experiences. Many of you um, know know about um, PTSD and uh, the the symptoms and the things that come up for people um, years and years and years later who have experienced one heavy trauma event. Um, and for for people experiencing that, I really do recommend that before they take away or try to change um, that overeating or over drinking or over shopping or all of that, before they really try to step out of that, that they begin to, along with trying to change that, do um, some work with a trained therapist um, who can help them move through that trauma. You know, it's it's interesting because if you, you know, have a heavy tra- trauma it, that you've experienced and you are using food 
um, to cope with unwanted feelings um, or trying to change negative feelings into more positive ones for a moment while you're eating, which, you know, honestly, that's what most of us who do overeat or have binging behaviors, that is what we are trying to do is just to shift feelings. We're trying to, and I talked about this in past episodes, but we are either trying to um, find, uh, create a new feeling like relief or excitement or fun um, in the moment while we're eating, or we are using it and, or we're using it to shift out of a negative feeling. So, you know, it's been a hard day, um, many stressful things. And so I'm going to eat so that I don't have to experience that momentarily. Uh, So understanding that you know, most overeating behaviors, binging behaviors, you know, is stemming from wanting to change those feelings. So if you're someone who has experienced some heavy trauma and you have not yet processed through that or worked with someone to help you process through that, it's going to be important that that alongside trying to change some of those overeating behaviors, you are also working to process that trauma. That's what trauma work is. Um, and we have, you know, honestly, I mean, it is work for the client to go through, but it it is really worth it. And, you know, um, EDMR would be something that um, is is proven to help work through those traumas, um, as well as cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy. So working with someone who's skilled um, in in that area can be extremely beneficial, not only um, to help the person process through the trauma, but then, you know, what kind of trickles down from that is the coping mechanisms to deal with the trauma, the trauma feelings that are kind of, you know, goes away. So really working through that is important. I talked in a couple episodes ago, well, it was maybe quite a few ago now, but, you know, about the importance of diffusing a feeling. And, you know, trauma is like that. It's like all those feelings, that emotional load is stored up when it, within us when, we're, when we've experienced a really heavy trauma. So anytime we remember it or we get triggered into a, a memory, all that huge emotional overwhelm sensation pulses back through our body. And so the idea with trauma work is to def- diffuse basically those emotions. So you know, unfortunately, we don't have a way to ever forget the trauma because some people who have experienced heavy trauma, that would be a blessing if they could just for, forget it, never remember it. But we haven't figured out a way to do that yet with the brain. But what we can do is that we can help a person work through and diffuse the super heavy emotional load that goes along with the memory. And so you know, if you do the work and process through that, what happens is you can still have the memory. You still might have a trigger that brings up the memory, but you are not crushed by that overload of overwhelming emotion anymore. But it does take a little work. Um, and it, it uh, can, you know, I, I think it's just really important that if you're a person experience, experiencing something like that or have experienced something like that, the importance of going to work with someone who's kind of an expert in that area to help you process through it um, while you're trying to change some of the behaviors that you're using uh, to cope with that. So there's also something called um, complex trauma that we now have in the DSM-5. And complex trauma, how I would describe it, is something more like little mini traumas that take place over a long period of time. And typically these mini traumas would include things, not things like 
physically happening to us or that we're witnessing more things like um, verbal abuse, emotional abuse within a relationship where that sort of stuff goes on for years and years. This can be between parent and child. Often it is. Um, the parent has a specific parenting style, not very nurturing, um, authoritative, no, authoritarian parenting style. Um, that sort of thing can, you know, where there's a lot of criticism, a lot of critique. So some sort of relationship in your life where there was a lot of criticism, a lot of critique. So each one of those verbal or emotional assaults would be considered a mini trauma. And over time, they really build into what we call complex trauma. And so someone with this can all, will also experience um, so much self-critique, so much self-doubt, um, and really experience so much of those overwhelming emotions again. So again, those are people who can really do well with some help with a trained therapist to move through and diffuse some of those those emotions. So it's just important to understand that there are a range of experiences that can occur in an individual individual's life that can lead to that similar behavior pattern of overeating or over-focusing on food or binge eating or over-focusing on alcohol or over-drinking. Um, <clears throat> and there can be other things that fit into this as well. Things like over-shopping, um, gambling, anything that, any behavior that we use to try to soothe an emotion um, or to bring up a new emotion but that has consequences at the end of that behavior. So it's just, it, it's trying to understand that whether you have had a major or major traumatic experiences within life, um, or you've maybe had more complex trauma in life, or you have maybe um, not had any of those things, but maybe experienced one incidence in childhood where, you know, a authoritative, authoritarian figure um, said something like, you know, you're stupid or, um, oh, well, you maybe could have done better on this. And, you know, it just triggers this sort of self-talk that then becomes this pattern within the brain. So if you have unresolved trauma, small or large, um, and I wish I could come up with a different word than small trauma, but you understand what I'm talking about. The truth is that even a small amount of that trauma can affect our brain in the same exact way a large trauma can. Anyway, it's just a good idea to work with a therapist and or um, really do some self-journaling with a focus on this healing to help bring the narrative of the trauma to light. It's important for... Um, the brain to be able to hear you tell the story, to have validation uh, for the emotions that were experienced and to do this in a safe place. And um, if you have a good therapist, that's what you're able to do in that space. When you tell the story, when you write the story, it allows the brain to begin to separate that the trauma is continuing to happen and it starts to understand, the brain starts to understand that it previously happened. It's not still happening. And you're no longer in danger. Um, when, when trauma occurs, our brain in that moment, just to put it into some easily understandable words, gets stuck in fight or flight or freeze in order to protect us. So if we are reliving the trauma often or triggered to relive the trauma often, 
our brain is going to be in fight or flight as often as possible because it believes the trauma is continuing to happen and going into fight or flight is a protection model. It's a protection mode. It's trying to get you into safety mode. And so if we are in fight or flight mode often, we are going to be in high, high anxiety and this eventually leads to depression as well. So this affects us emotionally, mentally, relationally, and physically. So awareness is the first step, as always. If there is unresolved, unintegrated trauma going on, and if there is, how are you coping with it? Are you using food or anything else to to numb, to distract, or to change a feeling or trying to create a feeling? If you answer yes to this, then digging a bit deeper and working with someone to learn how to integrate the experience into your current life so that there, be, there can become more peace about the memory um, can be extremely beneficial in lessening and stopping the undesired behaviors you're using to cope, like the overeating, like the binging, like using food, using alcohol. Um, when, when you do the work to heal and to integrate a trauma experience, you're, you're going to find that you no longer have that unconscious, subconscious, and sometimes even conscious experience of overeating as often. So can overeating be a habit? I would say absolutely. And I would suggest that most people who overeat, it probably is simply a habit. Uh, the definition of a habit is a routine or a behavior that's repeated regularly and often subconsciously, although sometimes it is quite conscious. If you have a habit of overeating, for example, in the evenings after a long day of work and after dinner, um, when you're not hungry, you may be conscious that you are eating, but it's still a habit. And just a reminder, a habit can be a behavioral habit, but thought patterns or sentences you tell yourself often can also become habits. So this is why it's really important to understand your thinking patterns and habits so that you can start to deconstruct the thinking so you can get away from a habit of thought that is not serving you. Um, and then you can get away from the habit of behavior that is not serving you, like the overeating, emotional eating, binge eating. Um, and then also this work helps you create a new habit that does serve you or gets you closer to the goals you've set in life. So here's what, here's what your brain does with a habit. The, the brain is always looking for a way to conserve energy. That is the goal. So making habits, automatic behaviors that don't require a lot of thinking energy is really adaptive. It's an adaptive way that the brain operates. The brain is also trying to find safety, to feel safe. So if you are in pain, physical, emotional, relational, mental, and you eat and the pain lifts for a moment due to getting that dopamine hit, the brain remembers this and then works to throw up more urges to eat whenever you're in pain. And once this happens a few times, you've now created a habit. I think of habits of thoughts, feelings, behaviors, kind of like a rut in a road. So let's say you're an avid mountain biker and you have a specific off-road route you ride your mountain bike on every day behind your home on some land back there. Over time, you create a rut in your preferred trail. With more and more time and more rides, the rut gets deeper and deeper. Pretty soon it's so deep, it's an automatic route. You're never veering off course. You don't have to steer as much 
because the rut is so deep. And eventually you decide, you know, this is boring and this is um, hurting the land, creating this rut, and I want to take a different path. So to get out of the rut, you have to make a lot of effort to jump out of it and start a new line or route next to it. Often you have the energy to jump out of it, but as you continue to go, as the rut is right next to you, then you automatically fall back into it. And then you have to take more energy to hop out of it again. And eventually over time and with effort, you are able to stay on your new path. Your new route, as it becomes more rutted and easier to stay in, um, keeps you on that new path. So this is the same way habits work. It's like a rut in our brain. It's easy for the brain to keep the brain firing in that specific rut pattern. To change it, we need to take control of our brain, our thoughts, and use effort to on purpose think to hop out of the rut and begin to create a new one. How do we break a habit in the fastest, most efficient way? So this is going to be through gaining awareness of our thoughts before the habit occurs. If, If we know our thought habit before the behavior habit occurs, we can then work to shift the thought and that is going to give us pause before the behavior habit happens. So once the awareness is there, remember, if, if you're listening to any of my past episodes, you are going to understand awareness is the first step. It is key. You need that awareness, that attention to begin to change anything. So bringing that habit into consciousness is imperative. And once you're aware, you can begin to look at the triggers of the habit. When we talk about overeating or binging or just eating when not hungry, um, just, yeah, eating, like the habit of eating when we're not hungry. What are the triggers? Uh, typically, clients are going to tell me they notice specific feelings as triggers, like boredom, um, feeling overwhelmed or tired. And then I'll ask them, what are the thoughts creating the feelings? And this is where the magic happens. Because if it's a feeling triggering you, then you need to know how to change a feeling. And to change a feeling, you need to know that thought that is cultivating that feeling. And that is done through awareness, asking yourself questions. Um, You can work with a coach or a therapist on this, but you can also do this on your own, like through journaling, doing self-coaching through journaling, journaling. So next, look at the impact of your habit. So all habits serve a purpose. What purpose does your habit serve? Overeating almost always serves the purpose of changing a feeling state for us, like we talked about previously. Whether it's to stop a negative emotion momentarily or create a new emotion we want momentarily. So for more in-depth on this, you can listen to some of my first episodes because I go a little bit more deeper into that. But once you know the purpose it's serving, then ask yourself what negative consequences are coming from the habit. You need to get your brain Um, really clear and have clarity on the why of wanting to change that habit. You really need first that awareness, but then you need to talk to yourself, answer the question, why do you want to change that habit? Um, Your brain needs to understand that there is a compelling reason to change it. You need to really know your why. So listing those things, um, 
figuring out, you know, what, what is the reason I truly want to change this overeating or binging behavior, um, writing those things out so that your brain understands it has a compelling reason to start to change. Another thing here that comes next is choosing an alternative habit. So it's, it's really tough to take away um, a habit you're trying to change without re- replacing it with a new one. So if, you, if you're working to change the habit of overeating in the evenings, for example, when you're not hungry, then have a specific list of things you can do instead and write this down and put it where you're going to see it often. The things you choose to do instead have to be enjoyable. So they will not be as quick at producing dopamine like food or alcohol does, but they can't be things like cleaning. (laughs) You know, they need to be enjoyable things like sitting down on the couch with a nice cup of tea and watching a show or taking a relaxing bath or maybe going for a walk if that's enjoyable to you. You get the idea. It, It has to be enjoyable. You can't expect to take away overeating or eating highly palatable foods, all those things that give that immediate dopamine hit. You can't, you can't take that away without at least making the replacement behavior somewhat enjoyable. And like I said, it, that behavior is the, you know, nothing works as well as food or alcohol or that kind of thing, but there's so many heavy consequences to it. So you really need to understand when you try to replace that behavior, the thing you're replacing it with is not going to give you that direct hit of dopamine, that direct feel good like food does, but you know, you have to choose something that halfway gets you there, right? So it has to be something enjoyable. Okay, next thing, removing triggers. So this goes back into the awareness of our thoughts and feeling triggers, but this can also be things like shutting off the kitchen lights. So, you know, I use this technique a lot. The kitchen's closed. So when the lights are off, the kitchen is closed. So you can do other things behaviorally, like stopping going into the kitchen after a certain time if the kitchen is a trigger in the evening for overeating. So if you typically overeat while watching TV in a certain spot on the couch or a chair, change where you sit in the evenings. Um, It's interesting, but this can often help a lot. If you just change where you normally eat, uh, that can help remove that trigger um, to overeat. So if you have a food trigger in the house, um, remove it from the house for a while if that's possible. Sometimes that's one of the easiest ways just to take away those triggers. And then when they're not there, having to work through the feelings that come up as you kind of grieve not being able to eat that that food. Um, and then also uh, visualizing change. So I work with a lot with my clients on visualization because it really can be extremely powerful in shifting and completely changing an overeating or, or binging habit. So learning how to do some vis- specific visualizations for um, changing that overeating behavior can work really well too. Okay, so then the question I often get asked is how long does it take? So changing habits definitely takes some time, but the more effort and energy you put into the work, you put into hopping out of that rut over and over and over again, the quicker and faster habit change is gonna come. So I've, I've listened, um, I've heard many of my clients say it didn't take as long as I thought it would. And, and that's really cool too. It's sort of like when you implement the thought work along with the behavior change work, it really happens a lot quicker. 
Okay, so here's the more deeper level importance of recognizing overeating as simply a habit. If you think of it as a habit, you realize it can be changed, and so this mindset is what you need to change it. So if you've held a belief that you can never change this behavior without digging deep into your past and trauma, your brain is really going to try to prevent you from making any changes. So it does not want to go back into difficult memories. It does not want to have to process through it. So it's important to understand that you can change the overeating or binging or any detrimental habit by applying habit change strategies while digging into deeper level issues. So you can do both at once. Some of you, all you're going to need is to work on the habit changing strategies because it's just a habit at this point. Some of you who have deeper level trauma and have not healed and um, have not integrated that yet, then it's possible to work on both. Um, Sometimes that overeating habit is shifted even before deeper trauma work is integrated and healed. My point is here how you think about your overeating or binging behavior or how you think about any habit you have that you're trying to change is really important in if you're going to have an easier time of changing the habit. So your the mindset that you bring to this change is critically important here. Your thought process around changing the habit is more important than anything else in getting the habit changed. Again, if you adopt the belief that it's a habit you can change versus you have to resolve deep trauma to ever change this, you're gonna be able to shift that habit quicker. With that said, it's very important and very doable to resolve any trauma on the continuum, big or small trauma. Your story around your habit behavior is more important in predicting change of habit. So I hope that makes sense. It's kind of like you have to understand that both work, you know, um, but for any of you with unresolved trauma, understanding that your approach to your behavior um, is your mindset around how you're going to approach this behavior is probably more important. So going into it with a mindset that you can make change while you're doing both um, is going to be really important. Uh Let's see. So I think I, you know, I gave some of the main strategies that you can use to change a behavior. We've gone over um, if you're a person who might benefit from some deeper therapy work to resolve, dissolve, and integrate trauma um, in order to find a little bit more peace and and not feeling that need um, to escape through overeating or binging behavior or over drinking. Um, and we've also talked about if, if you want to approach it, that it is just a habit, then going into it with that mindset is really important. Like I can change this. I have control over this. I can make changes. Um, all those sorts of things are really important for the final outcome of changing that overeating or binging behavior. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode 
and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. I hope you found some useful strategies that you can start to implement immediately from this episode. If so, please subscribe. Um, I really appreciate it if you post on social media or even share the podcast with someone you believe it could help. I'm on a mission to get us and our children healthy, uh, whole, and living life to its fullest. If you're interested in my coaching or counseling services, keep listening um, to the very end where you're going to be given some more information on that. Thanks for being here and listening. I really do appreciate it. Uh, you can head over to my social media for more resources. You can find me on Instagram at Heinen Counseling and Coaching. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. Feel free to message me with any questions or comments. Um, I'm going to, well, I usually include some of your questions within my podcast. And for those of you who are asking questions and listening, you probably recognize when one of yours pops up. Um, I also have a recipes only page over on Instagram at peak protein recipes, peak is spelled P E A K. And, um, most of you know, by now I'm a huge proponent of protein for weight loss and health. And, um, on that page, I have posted, uh, just high protein recipes. So it's just a quick and easy resource for you to go to if you want some higher protein recipes. And if you keep listening right now, you are going to get some more information on how my clients take a deeper dive on these topics with me through online programs and coaching. It's where you get the actual structured lessons, worksheets, journal prompts, support and coaching behind all the information I'm putting out there to help you lose your weight for good, improve your health, and live the life you've been dreaming about in the body you've been dreaming about. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Thank you.